Amazing. Isn't that a beautiful song? Thank you, Teresa and Mitch. And who's the, what's the, Sahil. Sahil's our keyboard player today. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Center for Spiritual Living. It is, I was just informed, the 137th birthday of Dr. Ernest Holmes today. So we'll sing him happy birthday as we finish up. I didn't know that, but he was born in 1982, January 21st, in Lincoln, Maine. I'm sorry, 1882. 1882. Yeah, well, what's 100 years amongst friends, huh? All right. So I brought the gong out today as I was, you know, thinking of Chuck Barris and the gong show and... So I can, I'll gong myself if I uh, don't meet the, meet the mark. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to drop into some silence, and, uh, and then I will offer a, a, um, a song and a prayer. And I need your help with the song today. I'm still, getting, I'm still processing my, my little cold that uh, I've been, someone gifted me with. And I'm, I don't want to gift it to any of you, but almost done. I keep thinking I'm done. Each day I get up and say I'm done, and then my body says something different. But... Anyway, so sing along as best you can, and I'm going to do my best to, to, uh, to, love, to love my voice today. So let's go into some silence. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So just notice the silence. Drop into your heart. Put down anything that you're fixing. Ask yourself, what's here now when there's no problem to solve? No one to blame. No one to shame. No one to guilt. Let's end the war within ourselves. For those of us interested in world peace, let's end the war within ourselves. So what is here now with no problem to solve? And so what I invite you to know with me as I speak these words in the, in the first person, in the I am, because that's where they have the most potency and impact for me. But I know this for everyone. And so I celebrate, acknowledge, and give thanks. 
be guided and gifted through the infinite wisdom of Dr. Ernest Holmes and many of the beautiful avatars and even the great teacher 2,000 years ago that demonstrated the same capacity for consciousness and for prayer, for creativity, to live from the higher self. It is truly the father-mother presence that moves in and through and as each and every one of us that determines our experience. So let us wake up this day and do it consciously, more conscious than ever before. That there's a wisdom within each and every one of us and what it requires is a welcome. It requires a receptivity on our part to be guided and directed, led, inspired, resourced, blessed, shifted, changed, transformed. We are teaching in a community of transformation. And our friction and chaos either crushes us or it inspires transformation. So you are part of the tribe that has been triggered, gifted, lifted to know that our circumstances are not our destiny. They're simply our circumstances. And so I just give thanks this day knowing that each person as well as myself is guided and resourced and gifted, not just intellectually, small portion of that, but spiritually at the soul level, to awaken the soul this day, to live from the higher self more and more consistently and beautifully. So I give thanks for this opportunity, knowing that my words have power, not because my ego says they do, but because I know that I impress upon this infinite divine intelligence a greater possibility. What I see, I I forget. What I hear, I remember. And what I say, I become. And so I stand before you today in partnership with the divine presence, empowered by that divine presence healed, shifted, and changed within my physical and emotional and spiritual body in new and powerful ways that I cannot even imagine, but I make myself available to because I stand in full faith with that. So knowing that for you as well, I give thanks, I release these words, and invite you to say with me, and so it is. All righty. So we have started this new year, and we put some tables out, so I'm going to call this because of these beautiful Ladies of wisdom and joy and celebration. This is the love table over here. Beauty. Stephen, uh, Johnny, you guys will be um, strength. There we go. And then we have the mystery table over here. And Darren and Barb, your beauty and joy over there. So there we go. But if you're interested in coming up and sitting at a table so you can take notes, we also have notebooks. So we've passed out notebooks, invited people. So we have notebooks, if you, and some people haven't been here since the first of the year, so welcome back. But we have notebooks, if you'd like to, a notebook to take some notes today. Uh, we're doing two different uh, lessons. So this morning we're looking at um, the, the work of beautiful Dr. Ernest Holmes, Back to Basics. And in the second service, we're using the book Five, Where Do You Want to Be in Five Years? And we're looking at the ideas around building a success team today. So what it does today is where we're looking uh, on our first uh, lesson. So anybody, can I, can I expedite a notebook for anybody? Okay, because there are different colors. You would want one in every color, by the way, just like ties and shoes and scarves. So they're right here, and they are, they are a toonie if you'd like. Would you like one? And you can pay next week. I see, oh, nope, not you. You just see it's like the guy that was at the, au- at the auction, and the guy next to him said, what time is it? And he lifted his arm to look at his watch. He ended up buying something for 20 grand. So, and you can always bring your toonie next week. Awesome. Good morning, Gail. Happy New Year. See? Beautiful. Here we go. We got some takers. It's good. So, so how do you equip yourself for your day? 
How do you keep yourself? See, what, what ancient wisdom tells us and what I believe to be true and what my, t- the reading and the research, and I'm always reading something interesting. That's what I love about my work is I get to do this. And so when Steve said to me, you're going to do two different talks this year, it was his idea over there, that guy. And I thought, you're out of your mind. And then I realized, what a, what a gift. And what's happened within the community is, is that we actually have a grounds and building committee right now that has freed up so much of my time. We let go of the fourplex across the street that I actually have a lot more time to do my job, which is remarkable. So I'm on that learning curve as well, and I'm so grateful. So if it lasts six more minutes or six more years or 60 more years, I'm grateful, whatever it may. I'm just grateful today because to be about the business because we have work to do. This world is, is pretty messed up in many ways. Have you noticed that? And it's just me or has anybody else looked out in the world? And there's chaos in the world. Have you noticed? There's people saying stuff that were like, wow, I can't believe he said that in public. Because there's so many of us, I mean, and you know, the beautiful thing about what some of that is is that in the past we've never said things publicly like that. So now we got a guy that's doing it for us. Because most people think it silently, but don't say it. So is it better to think it silently and not say it or to say it out loud and, <laughs> and shock the world? But the, the whole point of this is we live in this realm, this realm alone, as what I've been guided in looking at this. Because Laura and I got up about four days ago and said, isn't it just this life crazy? Isn't this crazy, the way the world works? What, what is all about this? Why can't we have peace and not have war? And what's going on? Why are these, you know, this the whole thing with the, you know, the U.S. and North Korea? It's like, come on, you guys. You know, we're all, we love drama. It's titillating, isn't it? Especially when our lives are at stake. <laughs> yeah, we should be able to laugh at that because we're eternal. And we're going to, I think we're going to make it. I really do. But, but this realm is unique. This realm is the, the human realm where our animal nature and our divine nature meet. Our animal nature and our divine nature meet. And we are at a point in the evolution of the, of the, the planet where more and more of our divine nature is seeking expression. So I want to give you a little context before I go into Ernest Holmes today, but I really think it's important. But what happens is, is we start to become spiritual. Have you noticed that when you say, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm going to go to the Center for Spiritual Living and I'm going to take a class for eight weeks and I'm going to be spiritual and all my problems will be fixed. And then the ten weeks go by and about week eight, you're like, mm-hmm, I'm not getting the results I was thinking I was going to get. I don't think this stuff works. It's a roller coaster ride. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? It's a, there's ups and downs. There's, the tide comes in, the tide goes out. This is part of this realm. Because, and so Ernest Holmes did not teach reincarnation. He simply felt that life was a continual upward spiral. And I would agree with that, that we continue to evolve. Even as a planet, if we look at the planet, we continue to evolve. Alexander the Great would go into war, and in one day, 50,000 men would be killed with swords. It's brutal. Can you imagine 50,000 deaths in one day? So we look forward a few centuries, and we have the Vietnam War, where 58,000 men lost their lives over a period of years. Neither one of those is good, but it's a reflection of how gradual change happens. We are on an upward trajectory despite the chaos, despite the the anger and the frustration, and we need to know that. So in other words, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's happening. And so what happens when we see that happening in the world is we are in this world of the animal kingdom and and the divine. Our humanity, our personalities, what we want, what we can get, what we can acquire. Our, 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 you know, it's one of the reasons that we brought this, the, um, the Q process in to this community because we believe in the transformation of consciousness. 
But um, Robert Johnson, in his book, Discovering Your Shadow, talks about this idea that until we can integrate our shadow, we will continue to have war. And war, war is not just out there, it's in here. It's those biases and the disappointments and the places where we've let ourselves down. And it's the triggers. And, it's, and so what happens is that we, we look in the world and we start to get triggered, the projections that go on out there. But it's the, that is the ups and downs of the soul's emergence. We are in a time, this has never been a more exciting time to be alive. Robert Johnson says this, so why is this important? Why is this, as a spiritual community, why is it important? I think it's the most important thing we can do. Now, this is what my journey has led me to. Because I've watched life a lot. And what I know is, is that, as Robert Johnson says, this little book is called, We Don't Have Them in the Books or Owning Your Own Shadow by Robert Johnson. He's actually still alive. He's 94 years old. So if you're interested in living a long, fruitful life, maybe owning your shadow is not a bad idea. You know, let's life move through you. How much life are you letting move through you? Right now, let it all in. There's a grace and a beauty within this, this place. It's prayed up. Let it in like never before with each breath. He says this, the tendency to see one's shadow out there in one's neighbor or in another race or culture is the most dangerous aspect of the modern psyche. That sentence. That's why we have war. That's why we look at other groups and say, oh, they're bad and they're wrong and they'll kill us and they want... And, and that's true part of it. That's happening because people are living from their animal instincts. But when we have a perspective and understanding, then we don't have to fight back the same way. Because what we realize, it's not simply, it's just ignorance. It's just ignorance because some people don't know. You and I get to know. And, and as Holmes says, I'll talk about it today. As Dr. Holmes says... Trained thought is far more powerful than untrained thought. And what we do is in our, our curriculum, in the approach to things, is to train our minds to think a certain way. Not what to think, but how to think. And so when we're in the foundational piece of truth of being, who I am, what I am, it's powerful. And it allows us to, it allows us to develop the resiliency and the ability to go through discomfort without getting crushed and destroyed because we don't identify with it. The tendency to see one shadow out there as one neighbor's or in another race or culture is the most dangerous aspect of the modern psyche. It has created two devastating wars in this century and threatens the destruction of all the fine achievements of our modern world. We all decry war, but collectively we move toward it. We all move toward it because we have these unresolved shadows. And I truly believe that this is key to transforming the world, transforming our lives. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, we'll find out soon enough. But I think, this is, I think this is at the core of what's going on in humanity right now. And it always has. We all decry war because collectively we move towards it. But it is not the monsters of the world who make such chaos, but the collective shadow to which every one of us has contributed. So we all contribute to it. So when I've got shadow and I'm getting triggered, I'm contributing to the chaos in the world. Now, you can accept that or not accept that, but I'm just telling you that's, that's been my experience. And I refuse, to be, I refuse to be part of it. I absolutely refuse to be part of it. So how do I prepare myself for, for, for this moment each week? I have my, my, my medicine with me. It's not in the cup, it's around the cup. It's my, my, my gift for my granddaughters for Christmas. So when I start to sink or I start to go off the rails into my animal instincts, I look at my two sweethearts here. It says, we love you, Grandpa. And it just takes me like two seconds. Oh, yeah, there's my girls. 
Because I tell you what, my girls are my inspiration. They're my medicine. So there's little Julia and there's little Audrey. And Julia's the one, she was the preemie and she's still got a little feeding tube, and, but she's getting chubby and it's great. You know, she had the heart surgery. Thank you all for your prayers. But that's my medicine. Have medicine in your life. Because you, when you go out here, you're going to go back into the animal kingdom. You know? But what you need to know about the animal kingdom is it's not your monkeys and it's not your circus, okay? It's just life out there. And to be able to ground ourselves in love wherever we are and say, you know what, this is life. We've got all of humanity here. We've got people that are not getting their needs met. They've got people that have been hurt and harmed and, and, and battered in some capacity. And, it, and then we go about the business with bringing compassion to it and love to it, understanding. I mean, that's what all the great teachers did. We talk about embodying the Christ consciousness. Jesus, only one, only one time did he kick over the tables and throw the money changers out of the temple. And that was appropriate. So, so, but he, because he was operating from his divine self, his divine connection. So Dr. Holmes. So I think th- that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I think that there's a, a, a transformation going on within our community. We brought in the Q process. We brought in the spirit groups. We had, I don't know, almost 40 people go through the spirit group training. We're going to host a pilot team. We're going to move forward with that. It's exciting. It's exciting. And it's, it's purposeful. It's generative. It's creative. And it's getting outside the walls of our community to help and to serve. So today I want to talk, touch briefly on the divine mind, this idea of simplicity and prayer treatment. So if you don't understand prayer treatment. We've got the symbol, the science of mind teaching symbol coming up here. And that is always the idea of the conscious mind spirit going through the soul, the law, which the law always says yes. And then we eventually have form. So when we have a tendency to dwell on anything, we're planting that seed, whatever it may be. So if it's, if it's chaos, if it's anger, if it's frustration, we reap more frustration, chaos. And we, and we become a magnet for it. So it's important for us to take a stand for ourselves and for one another. So the divine mind, the divine mind is infinite. It contains all knowledge and all wisdom. But before it can reveal its secret, it must have an outlet. It must have an outlet. Have anybody had that experience? Have you ever felt in your life, Susan, have you ever felt in your life like an outlet for the divine mind? Yes, you have. Of course you have. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't. We all have. What, what helps you get there? Prayer. Yeah, prayer. We have to turn towards it. See, it's there, but if we don't open the door, it doesn't show up. It's just got to show up. You've got to be able to open the door. So, an outlet we shall be compelled to supply through the receptivity of our own mentalities. It's really, really basic. So how many of us get up each day and do our prayer work, maybe a little meditation? Margie did a beautiful meditation this morning, Margie. Thank you. Your presence just held the space for us. The first time Margie did our meditation, just lovely, just lovely. She trusted all of us to drop down into our, that divine place and connect. I'm just going to invite you right now to just close your eyes and connect. Just drop in there. When we drop in there, see, we, we open ourselves up to a, a flow of life that moves through us, that can bring healing to us, joy, inspiration. All is well. It's only this moment. And in this moment, when we create that space where there's, what is here now when there's nothing to fix, nothing to solve? You are the presence, the one. Beautiful. 
So Dr. Holmes continues. I'll invite you to just gently come on back. And if you're willing, give me your attention for a few more minutes. The simplest way to state the proposition is to say we are surrounded by a mind or an intelligence that knows everything. And that the potential knowledge exists in this mind. And that the abstract essence of beauty, truth, and wisdom coexist in the mind of the universe. And that we also exist in this and must draw from it. Yeah, it's true. And the best way we draw from it, the best way we draw from it is when we're living in our higher self. And so how do you create that experience? You know, do you have pictures of your granddaughters on your coffee cup? Do you have prayers that remind you of them? Because we have to continue to keep pulling ourselves out of it. Because the roller coaster of life and the, and the, and the, the unexpected challenges keep showing up at times. You know, Jennifer Bowerman, our beautiful board chair, said, uh, shared with me one day an article, and I remember, and I love it, because it's not as if problems disappear, it's just that they improve. Wouldn't you like to have better problems? Yeah. I got better problems today than I had last week. And, it's a, and, it, and, and so we are here to solve things. We are here to give birth to things. We are here to overcome obstacles and challenges, to make mistakes and learn how to forgive ourselves. If we can't learn how to forgive ourselves, we can't forgive anybody else. There's a grace and a beauty available to all of us all the time, all the time. So how can I do that? And as Dr. Gary Simmons has coached me on the Q process, he said we go from the trigger to, to gratitude immediately, immediately. And I find myself now when I start to go down the rail, and I think, as I've said to you, you know, in the Q process, you write a sheet out every time you get triggered. So now what I do is I try and do it soon enough so I don't have to go do the sheet. And, and I got news for you. There's triggers that show up every, every day of my life. I get triggered every day without doubt. But you know what? It's so worth doing it because it creates enough space within me for more interesting things, for new problems to show up, new challenges to show up. Hmm. And see, the beautiful thing is, as Dr. Holmes says in this, uh, um, it's looking for a partner. The infinite is looking for a partner to dance with. It's looking for someone to do the dance of life with. The next slide, the spirit can only give what we can take. It imparts itself only as we partake of its nature. It can tell us only what we can understand. So when we get triggered and we can move back into gratitude, gratitude is one of the highest forms of duplicating and partaking in the nature of spirit. And so when that's happening, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful. And, and, and so and we don't have to figure it all out because we can never figure it all out. It's such a mystery. Have you noticed that? But our minds are busy, busy, busy minds just want to know and figure and, and make it all right. The next slide, the infinite knowingness becomes our wisdom only in such degree as we embody its intelligence. It has been said we can only know God insofar as we can become God. Now, and he, he continues here. He said, this should be taken figuratively and not literally. Because when people accuse you of thinking you're God, it's figuratively, it's a metaphor. For we cannot really become God, but we can and do partake of the divine nature. And that's true for all of us. You know, Ken Gordon tells a great story. Dr. Ken tells a great story about his son who's, who's going to school with this other boy from a traditional Christian church. And the, and the little boy came over one day and told his son, he said, you know, my mom and dad say your dad's crazy because he thinks he's God. And Ken's son said, no, dad doesn't think he's God. He thinks you're God. 
Good answer, huh? So simplicity. Dr. Holmes says we have made a riddle out of simplicity. The spiritual presence and an infinite mind in the universe constitute our receptivity to it and decides its flow through us. Are we receptive? What makes us receptive? As Susan said, prayer, meditation, maybe gardening, maybe going for a walk, maybe creating something, knitting, gardening. You know, for me, it was, was my carpentry work, my shop. When I first became a minister, my work was doing my, my building cabinets for people. And I went in one day to complain because I'd done enough affirmative prayer to know that I was doing ministry full time. And there was no salary there. And there was about, you know, I started with three people. When I started this out, I had three people. And then I went to six people. And I thought, wow, this is, this is going great. I got six people. And then I got to 10. And then I got to 15. And we kind of plateaued at 15 for about a year and a half. And then it went to 25. And before you know it, there were 65 actually lives walking, talking people there. But it was a reflection of where I was in consciousness. I only had the capacity to speak to three people for a while. But see, for me, it was so rich. I was learning so much. It was like, hey, wherever this takes me, I don't, I, you know what? I, I wanted it, to, I wanted it to, to work well. Of course, I was attached to that, hoping that, you know, I was hoping and praying for the best outcome. But I thought, well, I'm at three people. You know, as my good friend, Dr. Maureen White, used to say, grow where you're planted. And I'd just get so mad at her when she'd say that. You know, I want to grow faster. But there are no spiritual steroids. It is the nature of the universe to give what we're able to take. It cannot give us more. It has given all we have. It has given all, and we have not accepted the greater gift. So what is the greater gift? And so when our, when our, when our intellect gets involved, it's always about stuff out there. And I would say it's really about, it's really about the, the inner workings. It's really about the grace and beauty. What are, you, what are we capable of when we're living in this realm more completely from the higher self? What are we capable of? What's the world capable of? See, and as we prepare this consciousness and live from it, we call that into our experience, and it will influence our leadership. It will influence commerce. It will influence the banking system. It will influence every area of life because we contribute. We contribute to the sum total of what we're seeing in the race consciousness. And so as we bring consciousness to this, it's transformed and shifted. So he says this, Holmes says this, by stating and feeling that our mind knows the truth about the things we desire to know, in this way we draw the infinite mind into our mentalities for definite knowledge of some particular good. We state the truth. That's why we do affirmative prayer, we state the truth. What we hear, we forget. What we see, we remember. What we say, we become. I am a person of power right here and right now. I'm a person of power. Am I all power? No, but individually I can express my power because I stand grounded in co-creation with spirit. And I demand to know, so what, what I don't know, something within me does know. One of my favorite sayings by Dr. Ernest Holmes, what I don't know, something within me does know. And then I get to go about my life and pay attention. All of a sudden the idea shows up. Like, oh my gosh, I gotta call so-and-so. I gotta go over to chapters and buy this book for some reason. I gotta go find, you know, I got books at home falling off the shelf. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this talk, getting ready, and all of a sudden Robert Johnson jumps off the shelf at me this week. I go, What's there for me to know here on page 27? It's just interesting how life works, but I'm paying attention because I've stated the word. Now, it, 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 I'd love to tell you that you could come up and say, answer this riddle for me here. And then I, you know, the, the, the information would download. You can ask me a question. I can support you knowing that something within you does know. And it will show up in some capacity. It always does. It's the nature of how things work. 
What's my next thing to know? What is my learning curve here? What is the thing for me to move into now? But that's the great thing about it. We're all works in progress. We're all works in progress. See, the other thing I bring along with me that keeps me grounded, my mother was a devout Catholic, right? And everywhere we went, we never got to go out of the house without a rosary in our pocket. And, and so that was her tradition. And without her, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing because she showed me this, her path. And it was good. There was a lot of inconsistency in it, which was good for me. But uh, at her memorial, there were rosaries all over, hanging everywhere, and I grabbed one. So I always carry a rosary with me in my pocket because my mom's up here with me, right? Now, the rosary doesn't have any power, but it reminds me of that experience. It's part of my journey. I don't say the rosary, although one thing that inspired me, have you seen Jim and Andy? Thank you, Mitch. It's a documentary on Jim Carrey when he played Andy Kaufman. I don't remember the name of the movie, Moon something. No, the movie, the documentary is Andrew and Jim. Anyway, but he made a deal with with the Blessed Virgin. He was Catholic. And he said, if you provide me, if you gift me with $10 million, I will say the rosary. I thought, what the heck? I know how to say the rosary. Hey, Blessed Virgin, come on over here. Now, what's happening there? What's happening there? It's shifting his belief. It, it, It assisted him because it was part of his success team. And so all it is is belief. What works for you? What, what, find what works for you and work it is all I got to say. And I've been doing this since my mother passed away. And I thought, hey, you know what? Provide me with 10 million. You provide me with 1 million, I'll say the rosary. You know, I mean, but it's the, the point is what shifts you into a state of grace and beauty, groundedness, presence, whatever works for you, work it. Dr. Ernest Holmes' prayers, you go back to the back. The back of the science of my textbook is full of these beautiful affirmations and prayers. Beautiful stuff. So prayer treatment is the last idea I want to share with you today. So we teach affirmative prayer, prayer treatment. And Holmes says a treatment is a statement in the law. So when we have that big diagram, right, that big circle, and we talk about spirit at the top, conscious mind, conscious mind, he also calls it objective mind. Objective mind has an objective. There's a purpose to it. And this infinite, divine, loving, gracious, beautiful presence always says yes. So it does not serve us well to, to have unresolved triggers going on in our lives because all we're doing is feeding through our conscious mind into that at a very, very deep level of unknowing, of unconscious, those possibilities. And then we, we reap the fruits of that thought, that consistent mental pattern, and we wonder why our lives aren't shifting and changing. It takes a, it takes a spiritual lobotomy sometimes to quiet this stuff down. But it can be quieted down. It can be, we can bring mastery to it. Embodying the concrete idea of our desires and accompanied by an unqualified faith that the law works for us as, it, as we work with it. The law always works with us as we work with it. And as we wake up consciously, we train our minds to realize, you know what, this is what I'm about today. That's why I love about the cue card. You show up. Who have you come here to be? And ask yourself, that's a great question. Who have I come here to be? Have I come here to be a victim? Have I come here to be crushed, defeated, unlovable, sick, broke, tired, disgusted, resentful? Who have you come here to be? Because that infinite divine intelligence knows. And you, you had it as a kid. You had it. You can think back. What are my gifts? What are my talents? What am I called to be and do? Second service, I'm going to share some of Gene Simmons' story. He's the founder of KISS. Remarkable story. 
So I had a book called Power over here, Walking Through the Corridors of Power. Started with nothing. Started with nothing. His mother, they, they went to Israel. He's from Israel. Do you know he speaks four languages? He speaks four languages fluently. German, Hebrew. He's, he's born speaking Hebrew, English, and Japanese, and parts of other languages. He said, you know what? You've got to decide. There's only one person to decide what's going to happen with your life, and it's you. Now, he's, he's speaking from, I would say, that animal kingdom for the most part, but he says, be your best. Only you can determine who's your best. you're going to go places and people are going to judge you constantly. Have you noticed that? They're going to judge you and they're going to label you and they're going to drop into conclusions simply because that you look a certain way. You know, I had a woman when I was in Fillmore and she walked up to me and she said, you look just like my fifth husband. And I said, how many, t- how many times have you been married? She said, four. <laughs> well, it's good to know up front what the agenda is, right? <clears throat> when one gives a treatment, he's not sitting around hoping something will happen. He is definitely, he or she, he is definitely constructively, actively stating, sensing, knowing some specific good. We do. Know a good for yourselves and nurture it. Have I nurtured? Have I watered the plant of possibility in the seed of good today? What have I done to nurture that? How can I, what must I become to live the ideal and, and answer the call of what my soul knows? The mind must perceive before the creative energy can produce. It needs a blueprint. We must supply the avenue through which it can work. It is ready and willing. It is its nature to spring into being through our thought and our action. Such a beautiful, simple teaching. We can do that. We don't have to give up our philosophy, our religion. Holmes didn't want this to be a religion. He said, go be a better Catholic. Go be a better Jew. Go be a better whatever you are. And use this teaching. And people said, no, no, no. We just like what we got here. We don't need all that stuff anymore. But whatever works for you. If you have another tradition, we, we bless all traditions where good's happening. Wherever good is breaking out, we bless it. Who are we? We're not the... We're not the, the, the um, hallway monitors here on goodness the infinite law and the infinite unity are but two sides of the infinite the infinite law and the infinite unity are but two sides of the the universal unity so I got that wrong on the slide universal unity one balances the other and they're great the personal and the impersonal in the universe so the law just says yes always how much of the infinite good is ours all of it all of it once again, so while we, that's why we're bringing this cue process here because we get in our way. We think that the circumstances of our life, we think the history of our life, our triggers and our wounds are who we are. They are the circumstances. They are not our destiny. That comes right from Jim's, Gene Simmons' book. You are not your circumstances. You are your destiny. You need to be reminded. You may not hear it today from anybody else. Do you know how beautiful you are? How beautiful you are? You know what we represent here? Each and every one of thousands and thousands and thousands of years of our ancestors that we never met, that climbed out of caves and all the other stuff that went on. We represent resiliency. We represent the DNA of resiliency that brought us here. It is no mistake that we are alive at this point in time. There's no mistake that we are, have, have the opportunity to give birth to genius and possibility and the opportunity and to bless, to partner with spirit. There's a grace and a beauty in that. It changes everything. 
And it's a beautiful thing. But what happens first many times is change shows up and we don't like change. I want to, you know, I want to be a master of time, space, and dimension. I just don't want to be inconvenienced with change. I want to be transformed but not inconvenienced. It ain't going to happen. That's a fantasy. And Robert Johnson said the first reward for this, this integration of shadow, the first reward for this is we diminish the shadow we we impose on others, we contribute less to the general darkness of the world and do not add to the collective shadow that fuels war and strife. Man, if we can get that, if we can do that better, who knows what's possible? Who knows what's possible? But the second result is that we prepare the way for the the, the vision of beauty and wholeness that is the great prize of human consciousness. My hero, Dr. Carl Jung, it's wholeness, to live in wholeness. Dr. Holmes writes about it in the Science of Mind textbook. It's wholeness. How much of the infinite good is ours? All of it. But how do we create the container, the receptivity, the availability, so that we can live it and be it, wherever we go? And to not forget so often, we're blessed to have this teaching. We're blessed to have this movement. There are a lot of people out in the world that are just suffering. You know, Gene Simmons talks about it in his, his book. He said, as a kid, we had nothing. He said, we didn't even have a bathroom. He lived with his mom. The dad left. He went to, they went to Israel after the Second World War. His mom was a, had been in a concentration camp, one of the only survivors that stayed in Europe that lived through it. And the dad abandoned the family. And he said, I remember a care package came. It said C-A-R-E. It came from the United States. And he said, in it, there were things he'd never seen before. There was a can of peaches in it. And he said they didn't have a can opener, so his mom took a rock and broke the side open. And he said, I took a, a drink of that nectar from that can of peaches. And he said, it was the sweetest thing I'd ever tasted in my life. The sweetest thing. And he said, I was so grateful to know that some, some stranger out in the world cared enough to send this to us. We had never see, received mail before. It had a comic book in there. It, it was a Bugs Bunny comic book, and he said his mother didn't read English, but she kept making stories up, and as a little boy, he kept wondering, why does the story keep changing? Because <laughs> she kept turning the pages. He said that his mother said to him one day, we're going to go on a trip. And so he, they didn't have anything, so they, they grabbed everything they had, and he, and he didn't know where they were going, and he, he lined up and he saw this, this, they were in line with people, and here's this red, white, and blue flag with stars on it. And his mother got to the front, and she didn't speak English, and so they finally found a language, she spoke German, and she was embarrassed that she spoke German, but she, you know, finally that's the way they could communicate. And so the, the man said to her in German, uh, so she, it was, they were coming to America, but the, the, the um, immigration officer said, uh, I need you to take a pledge, and you need to put your arm up. And so she, the only way she knew to put her arm up was like this. And the guy walked up to her, put her arm down at her side, put her arm down at her side, said, you're never going to have to do that ever again. You're never going to have to do that ever again. But isn't it beautiful when we love and care for one another? Isn't it beautiful when we've got enough capacity to be generous? 
Yeah, wouldn't it be lovely if, if someone were in leadership that was, rather than sending drones and bombs to countries, we're still care, sending care packages? We care about you. We love you. I mean, that's our opportunity when we're living from our higher self. Those are simple little stories. Isn't that great that we don't ever have to do this? Huh? But we can take a pledge to something that we love. So take a pledge today for you. And, and give birth to something good in your life, despite what's happened. Because you know what? People do the best they can. Cut them some slack. Your mom and dad, they did the best they knew how. My mom and dad did the best they knew how. I got my mom's rosary with me now. I'm not going to Mass this afternoon. I just got mom with me. I got my granddaughters with me. I got beautiful books. I, you know what the great thing is? If this is the last Sunday I do this, I got the most amazing partner. I, live with, I just live with someone that is just so incredible. I'm so blessed, I gotta tell you. As I grow and I see the world, and I'm just so blessed. And that's enough. I tell Laura all the time, wherever, wherever we go, this is my home because you're there. Homes are where the heart is. So I just thank you for being beautiful. You're beautiful, you're beautiful. Keep being beautiful, living from your best self. And when you go off the rails and you forget, forgive yourself immediately and just get back on the rails. You don't have to write a novel about it. You don't even have to do a short story. Do a paragraph, do a, do a cue sheet, and then get on with your life. Because give us your best. Be your best. And thank you for all that and so much. And so it is. Blessings.